Look at them yo-yos. That's the way you do it. You play them games on the VR. That ain't working. That's the way you do it. VR's expenses and them games ain't free. Now that ain't working. That's the way you do it. Let me tell you, these guys are dumb. Maybe get a blister on your little finger. Maybe get a blister on your thumb. That was. I'm smiling. Virtually okay. Virtually decent. You're almost a virtually yoso. Uh, <laughs> ah. <laughs> Wait, deep belly laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can only laugh from the shoulders up right now. That's true too. Um, we can't. If you're watching this, oh. We'll go over this here in a sec. If you're watching this, this is a special episode. Special. Because welcome to Every Man's Guide to Nerd, and where we are two 30 to 40-something-year-olds who talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And if you guys want to hang out with us live and in person, not in how you see us right now, because this is a special episode. If you're just listening, you need it's to find special. the video. You need to find the video because we're doing something special. But, 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 oh, I'm so excited I can barely stand it. Oh, you're barely here, aren't you? <laughs> if, uh, if you guys want to hang out with us live and in person, uh, we do stream every... Well, Chris doesn't hear lately because he's injured. But under normal circumstances, you know, health issues aside, uh, we stream every every Friday and Saturday night together on Twitch. You can find Chris over there under uh, Guyver Unit 01. It's G-Y-V-E-R-U-N-T-0-1 on Twitch. And then I'm KSIG, K underscore SIG on Twitch. We stream community games on Friday and Saturday night with uh, listeners like you. The community. The community. We play spooky games, indie games, party games. Uh, here this last weekend, we've been uh, playing the new Evil Dead game. <coughs> yep. It has been a lot of fun. Probably my most enjoyable um release day gaming experience of my life sad panda very sad panda <laughs> i was more excited about this game than anyone well i curbed my enthusiasm for new game releases because i've been burned so many times no i get you but i'm just saying i was more excited about this evil de game dead than anyone how long have i been talking about it a year Months. well since it got announced announced a year ago but but we're doing something different today. Oh, also, join the Discord. Join our Discord. Links down in the show notes. Discord's free. That's where we uh, coordinate all the community gaming nights. 
there's channels in there to discuss, uh, you know, anything and everything that can be, you know, fall under general nerdum, I guess. Uh, if there's something that you guys want to talk about that we don't have in there, let us know. First, you have to join to see, you know, what there is. Be a joiner. Be a joiner. Join the Discord. You know, like and follow our uh, the our shit. Our shit. Um, I went blank. Follow, like and follow our all of our uh, stuff. Our we have a Facebook page. We've got mm -hmm. an Instagram page. Um, that's a good way to find updates. Um, we we update a lot in the Discord, yep. but we also have the fun pictures on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. Yep. Uh, and these. a new way to look at it too is you can watch our videos on YouTube and Spotify mm -hmm. also has a new video feature. Yep. So you can watch what we're doing on Spotify now as yep. well. So follow us on all that stuff. Stay up to date. Um, every listen, like, follow, all that stuff helps, uh, helps get us out there a little bit and find some new nerds to reach and to, to touch and to touch. I want to touch all the nerds. Nerd touch. Why does it feel less creepy saying that when we're not using our real faces? I don't know because we're bare avatars right now. And, uh, look at my cheeks. Simulated. Well, we're t well today. What are we talking about today, though? Today we are talking Explain about why we look like we do. Well, when a mommy panda and a daddy panda love each other. Oh, that's why we look like. I feel like my avatar's adopted. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> what we're talking about today is virtual reality or VR. Um. Just we'll briefly real... touch on like AVR and stuff, but we're mostly yeah. talking um, about what we're concentrating mostly on today is virtual reality in gaming yeah. because I have a VR headset and Kyle recently got a VR headset. So now yeah. he has been all about the VR lately when he's not sick. And we'll yeah. talk about that too. From the VR. It's a thing. And we are, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that. I just realized something. Yes. Since we're talking about VR avatars and stuff. I'm like a kind of a grizzly-ish bear, and you're a panda. Uh huh. I don't think we did that on purpose, but we are a very inclusive podcast. We are a very inclusive <laughs> podcast. I am the Far East bear, mm -hmm. and you're you are Nanook, bear of the north. Mm. Strong, proud. Oh. <laughs> we're having way too much fun with this you really just at least check out the video for three seconds yeah because we're morons so we're we're done like like chris said i just recently uh, acquired a vr headset um it was it's not my first like go at it but the first time being an owner uh played around on chris's before uh, when we went up to uh you know visit and do the families merging thing and everybody hanging out um and I did okay there, um, like, but now, like, having my own, now we can kind of interact, our kids can interact. Um, I think, you know, we kind of want to talk a little bit just on the onset, and then we'll go into the history of VR a little bit, uh, just the draw. And we're going to speak from our own personal experiences um, of why. I mean, it's it's been a thing that, you know, we're a little older. 
Uh, but a thing that that has been like we've been waiting for good VR since the nineties. Mm-hmm. You know, the I I remember the, the first time I seeing anything that remotely made me think that home VR would be a thing um, is Virtual Boy back way back when, and we'll talk about it a little. Oh, bit. I forgot about the Virtual Boy. Yeah, how could you forget about the Vert? I never got to use one. I never got to use one either. Mm-hmm. They looked cool. Their controllers were that that Virtual Boy controller was like ahead of its time. It's basically looks very similar to the where the like an Xbox and PlayStation controller now. Uh, but like VR's been around for a while, but like we've been waiting for it because you know we're nerds and we don't have a lot of money, so we've been waiting for it to get affordable because it used to be thousands, thousands, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. I'm over accentuating all my words, so my avatar's mouth moves more, ah. and it looks way bigger. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it used to be very like it was very cost prohibitive for a long time to get in, get into it. You had to have a good PC to have decent VR. You had to have a space for it with uh, what light was it? Light boxes, light boxes, light boxes. You know, up in the and- corner for full body tracking and all this stuff. And now, um, since uh, our dark Oculus. overlord Zuckerberg has entered into the um, hell Zuckerberg. VR- all hail Zuckerberg uh, has entered into the uh, the what? How long ago was it? Like four years ago? Five years ago? Whenever the um, first Oculus? I don't know because there was also the Oculus Go after that. So I would say I really don't know. I would say maybe five years. Within the last seven years, we'll say that sounds guy. good. That sounds good. That it's made it affordable and accessible. Um. Where you, I mean, you don't have to have it tethered to a PC, which is awesome. Which is awesome, and you still can. And to really fully take advantage of it, you want to, but you don't have to. There's plenty of good content, like standalone, just on the Oculus. To it's a we both have Oculus Oculus doses ourselves, like Resident Evil Four. Yeah, there's hard as hell, by the way, in VR. Yeah, but so much fun, like throw the gun around, and anyway. Uh, but there's it, the accessibility is there. You can play it at home. You don't have to have a almost a designated room just to be able to use it. Mm-mm. It can be you anywhere. Can, That's what's the beauty of it. You can play you like, and you don't even have to move. You can play it sitting down. You can play it. You know the. Although when you play it sitting down, you go in as a the shortest person, like David the gnome size. We found that out the other night. I was no, a wee we, little like I was like a wombat. Or something i don't know you were a hyena yeah i was like what number we found that out when i was playing phasmo that first time too oh yeah yeah and i couldn't reach the the end table mm-hmm. and like something else they've done i guess you can say to make it a little bit more accessible for everyone is the the link feature yep. which written you know awesome. mainly is the, you know when you first think of it and when the first time you is using the link cable or any usb 3.0 3.1 cable 3.1 for optimal mm-hmm. to connect to your PC for you know best experience, um, but AirLink is a thing too, where you can do it totally wirelessly. Um, not the best, but still a thing. And so that's 
where I think we are right now with VR being very accessible for people, very affordable. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's for the masses now. It is, which is awesome. And mm -hmm. it's not like you're saying for the masses. It's not just for our age or even a little bit younger. Yeah. Young kids can play it. And we'll go over that too. And yeah. especially how I, when I start to play, I can never play it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's some ins and outs and ups and downs there, but it, I was going to have the same issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a thing. And not just gaming. I mean, we are going to talk a lot about gaming, but and we're going to talk about there's a lot of other uses for it. Um, just for take a drink, know, take a drink. Watch what did. happens. Did you see? Look and see mine. Tasty <laughs> <laughs> Dr Pepper. Mmm, tasty, tasty. H T O T. So what? Like, what? Let's talk about our own personal draw to it. Um, and then, like you guys listening, if you have a set, please let us know in the Discord. Yeah, we, yeah. we need more virtual friends. We need a lot more virtual friends. I mean, we love each other, but yeah. Get, Chris here gets injured a lot, so we always need somebody on the IR to ah. fill in on the games. That's fair. I mean, it's twice twice in twelve months. That's fair. Well, one wasn't my fault. Still counts. The other one. Well, I guess the other one was kind of my fault because that was voluntary. Mm -hmm. My poor panda boys. <laughs> poor panda boys. Um, so what was your the, what was your draw? Like, we'll just um, I've always wanted to play it, and you always see these really fucking cool. And I'm not gonna lie to you, YouTube was a big factor. Yeah. Um, watching these people play the VR games, like the Five Nights, the FNAF games in VR. Mm -hmm. And like just some of them, it just looks like a lot of fun. Rick and Morty, you know, yeah. it, I'm like, you know, that would be a lot of fun. And this is something that I can, and here's the other um, thing is I'm like, I can share this with my kids. This is something that we could do together. Not necessarily together, together, unless I throw down another 400 for a headset, which I'm not doing right now. Um, but it, I'm like, okay, this is something that, we could all share and maybe I can try and get my kids into something nerdy that I like. So, you know, we have a little bit more shared interest because the older that the, my older one's getting, the less she's wanting to do stuff that dad does. Or yeah. if, if I think it's cool, it's automatically not cool. And she won't even look at it. And she, I'm in her phone as basic dad. That's fair. That's fair. Um, barely. Oh. Um, oh, oh, but yeah, I think that was the biggest draw. Like I, I just, I've always wanted a VR headset. It's always looked cool. Then now that it's affordable, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let's take the dive in. And you know, this is something cool and not gonna lie. I'm like, okay, this could be something that we do on stream too. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. That yeah. was another factor. Not going to lie to you on that one. That was part of, part of mine of wanting to get it and, you know, now just kind of going through the hassle, making sure you get it to work right. Um, letting you finish working out the kinks. Hey, wait. We'll rely on kinetics. He's got it down pretty well. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I say mine was, you know, it has always kind of been in the back of my mind. And I, and I still kind of, and still to this day, you know, I don't feel it being very, it's 
it's more mainstream than it was. It's more, um, it's like we said, accessible and, and uh, ease of use is there. Um, I don't see it being like a dominant thing in gaming for a long time, if not ever, because there's, it's just like anything else. You have pros and cons. You have, you still have limitations and things you do, but the things that you can do are really fun. Um, you kind of got you, you do have to wade through some stuff here and there, some content that's just like filler stuff, but it, it's fun and it's not, I think it's a personal preference on what's going to be the draw. Some people, it'll just be like a cool little party thing. You have people over and, you know, oh, we're going to stick grandma on the roller coaster and let her ride around and stuff. And, and they get, they're like, well, you know, I had my, my fun with it and then I'm done. You see a lot of them, you know, on Facebook marketplace and stuff for resale. Yep. People that just used them a little bit and didn't like them. I mean, I got a hell of a steal on mine. I bought mine secondhand and got a freaking deal. But, uh, you know, and then there's some people that will like kind of commit to it. And there's, there's, there's a competitive scene coming or being built up in VR gaming now. And VR's got a, a pretty solid uh, VR, BR, solid Battle Royale. Uh, was it Population One? I think is the Population name of it. Population One. And then um, I think it's, there's one called Pavlov. Yeah. Uh, Pavlov is like a, it's like a VR CSGO kind of thing. It's like a virtual reality Counter-Strike, you know, not a simulation, but more competitive team-based shooter stuff. Right. Um, to, you know, and it's not just, I mean, there's comedy games, there's, there's opportunities for really interesting content that can be made mm-hmm. from it. Um, <gasps> so, what? There's a new, they have a new one called uh, Google Earth VR now. Yeah, so I saw that. With Street that. View, okay. Yep, you have to be that. linked for that, I believe. Oh, do you? For, for best, for well, yeah, if you're going to do the actual, like, fly around. That's something too, like, um, just the educational side and the travel side, and isn't you know we'll get into that later on down in the show. Uh, we have some stuff about like recent development and modern uses and things. Um, but it seems like if we think about um, VR for a lot of people, even it 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 seems like it's something that's very recent, right? It seems like it's it's very new technology. It's very and the technology we are using, of course, is new. 100%. The, idea, the idea isn't like people have had thoughts of a virtual immersive, I mean, not, not even necessarily virtual, but a, an immersive alternate reality to what we experience day to day. That's, that's the basis of nerd culture. That's the basis of nerd culture. And it really and, is. And VR has its roots in that, in that escapism, in that, you know, need to, experience something outside of what we normally experience in our day-to-day um and for you know hundreds of years now like there's that been that thought there's been that desire to experience something different than what we just see you know and and um like you know going back to the um you know i i pulled a lot of stuff off of vr.org Right. Um, looking at like the history and things of VR and like, you know, going back to like the 19th century, there were just several immersive, full 360 degree murals, panoramic paintings, um, right. 
that that can kind of be viewed as like an early attempt for uh, in the creation of an environment that someone can just get lost in and immersed right. in. Like you're I can see that. Yeah. And at the time, it would be freaking amazing because you're used to just seeing a flat picture on a wall or a mural on a cathedral ceiling or whatever, but something that you can like step into and walk around in would have been mind blowing at the time. It would have. Keep going. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, you know, as time kind of went on, there were stereoscopic viewers that were developed like in the 1830s. Um, and that's this, this is, is big. Uh, there was research by Charles Wheatstone that found that the brain processes, and this is like the basis for how we experience VR now, um, that the brain processes two slightly different images, uh, from each eye. So, you know, that's, that's where you have to have that, you know, the two lenses, uh, stereoscopic, you know, two, um, that each eye receives, uh, two different images and those images combined is what allows us to see and experience our real world in three, three dimensions. And so this, this led to the development of actual stereoscopic viewers in the late 1930s, like, you know, Viewmasters. Um, there was an early flight simulator in 1929, you know, it's called the link trainer, um, named after this developer, Edward link. And who also was, had uh, rescued a princess and looked for a Triforce. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, this was the link uh, in the past, you know. Oh, link of the past. past? To the past, okay. yeah. To the past, okay, okay. Yeah, this where there's no, actually, oddly enough, in the notes, I have no links to this part, but great <laughs> links. But yeah, the, he developed the first flight simulator, and, you know, of course, it's not going to be like the multi-million dollar full motion rocking fuselage uh, what we're used to now but yeah but for the time it was cool you know i had flat apparently flat plan flannel words are hard words are hard i can barely get them out <laughs> words are hard We're having too much fun with this, sorry. But then, like, in the so there, there was that. I mean, you can just kind of imagine what it was like. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you get into the 30s and the 40s, and when you start seeing sci-fi becoming a thing in popular culture, and and, uh, and these like science fiction, mag the pulps of the day, you know, the kind of yeah. local, yeah. Um, they kind of predicted what we have now then and that kind of goes along with you know you think a lot of uh older sci-fi ideas mm -hmm. and movies and things like that you know they're fiction some of it's based in reality and some of it is inspiration for development in the future like well why can't we have this why can't we make a virtual world and um, and so there were you know, early ideas and things that, that helped get us to where we are today with virtual, mm -hmm. virtual reality. When, who would have thought that they would have thought of this shit in the 30s when, you know, they barely had indoor plumbing? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just mind-boggling to think that they could have, not really predicted, but hope, hoped, I guess is the word. 
Yeah. Or what the future could have been like. Well, I mean, even in the 50s, you know, there was, we started seeing development of supercomputers. Right. It's something that, like, I, know, I knew this. I just never really thought about it. Was, like, computers in that time didn't really display information like what we think about now. Uh-uh. And it's obvious when you say, oh, yeah, I know. But they, they didn't. Like, you got punch cards in and out. And you, have, you, know, you didn't have, like, a real-time display of information. And there was a, a engineer in the 50s, former radar tech uh, for the Navy, uh, that foresaw the use of computers, like, displaying information. Um, because, you know, at the time, they were just kind of looked at as, like, oh, these are big-ass adding machines. And... Mm-hmm. You know, not really. Uh, I don't want to say a novelty, but they they were new, new technology, and you know that that foresight of like, okay, we're going to be able to eventually display real time information. It's also crucial to the development of virtual reality as we have now, because you have to have the real time display of information to make it work. Right. It's absolutely true. Like it's. I don't know. It still boggles my mind that we're even here. Yeah. Well, because I, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have predicted that you and I would have been hanging out in my virtual house messing with a virtual crab. Mm-mm. I mean, it's, it's just mind-boggling to think how much it's, we've progressed in even 10 years. Mm-hmm where VR is affordable now. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun. Now, and something I'm just like, because technology is constantly evolving and we look back and we get nostalgic about things. Well, in 20 years, um, you know, we'll be nostalgic about these times of VR, I think. Um, because, you know, we look back and we think of, you know, how exciting it was to play something where a little pixelated frog hopped across a road and tried not, tried to avoid cars flying across and trying to hit it like oh this is so much fun this is so cool and we look back at it now and like how simple you know it, it was and we still i think we're able to still uh, recognize and appreciate the entertainment value that we had of it then it can still be fun but it's very rudimentary when compared to what we do now in right. gaming right exactly right. um and we talk now about like oh how cool and immersive this is like think about the first time you played virtual fighter right oh that was awesome yeah like look how cool and realistic this is and the things that you can do and you know you look at it now and it's kind of rough around the edges didn't age well but we remember how cool it was at the time and so that that advancement of technology like we're going to see some cool things come from vr um, as it becomes more and more accepted and more and more used you know, it's uh, I I still like to compare it very much to early video games, right? You know, not hugely accepted. Once they really made it accessible for the home market, um, you know, you're thinking your Nintendos and your Super Nintendos and Segas and all that, then you start seeing a lot more development for it because that's where the money was. You know, you're gonna if you can make money off of it, you're gonna make it better. You're gonna try to keep innovating to stay ahead mm-hmm. of the competition. Mm-hmm. And so as more competition rolls out, as more affordable headsets roll out, more alternative ways to use it, we're going to see some really cool innovation, I think, with virtual reality. I agree. 
I agree with that. It's it's ever evolving, like you said, mm-hmm. and there's gonna be no right way to go about it. I think it's just gonna be a lot of trial and error on oh, people's yeah. parts. Yeah, there will be controversies. There will be, you know, just just like with any new tech and anything that we as nerdy people find fun, somebody's going to do something stupid with it and nefarious or whatever. And it's going to get, it's like, it's just bound to happen. And the media will blow up on it and it'll be, some will be painted in a bad picture and then we'll get past it and we'll have more innovation and more things. It just seems like that seems to be the cycle of fun technology mm-hmm. and things that we like, like it's going to happen. Some asshole is going to do something stupid with it at some point in time. If they haven't already. Which, yeah, it's going to happen. We know it will. Yeah. And when I say stupid, I'm not talking about like the things like, like we do playing around in a virtual house and throwing crabs at each other. But <laughs> Which was funny. Which was really funny. I won't go into the detail of the stupid things that could happen. Just use your imagination. It'll probably, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it right. is, yeah. Um, where are we? <laughs> um, the first actual full motion or first motion tracking uh, headset, head mounted display, which was, was built in the sixties. Who would have thought about that? Whoever wrote this list out? <laughs> what a genius! Mm-hmm. But it was only for military use. Yep. Um, you know, using closed circuit cameras and magnets and you know they're the tracking wasn't there like we have now but this you know laid the footwork footwork footworks virtual work virtual feet you know virtual footprints the the uh you know the earlier i don't want to say attempts but the things that led up to this were you know full body immersive like walking around in things and seeing things but this was a the first head mounted display it was developed in the 60s uh it was called head sight which uh, HMD head motion tracking. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the, there's your first one. There was an ultimate display concept in the sixties um, developed by uh, Ivan Sutherland, who would have eventually kind of known as the, the father of computer graphics, laid out the idea for the ultimate display. Um, it would use head mounted devices and computers to render a realistic interactive world with accompanying audio in real time. And so that probably that wasn't even a thing like thought of, you know, like okay, well we also have to have sound. We don't just have to have pictures. We need right. both. Um now this next one you put is really interesting. Okay, go ahead. The okay, sort of Damocles Damocles? It sounds so D and D. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, and that's around the right time frame too. You must find the sword of Damocles if we're Damocles. pronouncing that right. Sutherland and his student Bob Sproul mm-hmm. introduced the Sword of Damocles and HD HMD connected to a computer that was primitive VR and augmented reality headset. This is the part that I find really interesting. The weight of the headset required it to be mounted to the ceiling and users strapped into the device. It's like an iron lung or it's like an iron maiden. Mm-hmm. Run graphics- for the hills. <laughs> That's a heavy metal reference for you. It's an Iron Maiden reference. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
The graphics were primitive wireframe renderings. But who gives a shit? This was 68. Yeah, it would have been mind-blowing. It would have been like virtual fighter for them. Um, for those people. It, for the, them people. Yeah. Government took interest Sutherland in his ideas with NASA, the Department of Defense, and the National Science Foundation, and CIA funding his projects. So they could see the government, even then, was thinking about cyber warfare, I'm thinking. Yeah. Cyber warfare, training purposes, you know, there's... Uh, it's a it's a safe training environment you can shoot at and get shot without getting shot which is amazing in itself yeah um i don't know that that just kind of boggles my mind you know what i mean yeah um next one you have on here is artificial reality myron kruger i'm with kruger i like kruger better Computer artist he who is now a, identified as one of the first pioneers of VR and AR researchers coined the term artificial reality. Yeah, because we didn't actually get the term virtual for like several more years. Yeah. Well, because the gap is 69 here to 85. So the 70s were just they're not all, a good time for computers. They're, probably just, they're all like tripping on acid and strapped to headsets on the ceiling. A little war happened. Mm -hmm. There's a war. War were declared. Well, we're declared. He used the term to describe the interactive environments he developed. Game, glow flow, meta play, and psychic space. It's led to video place, a VR. Glow flow. Glow flow. Meta play. Uh, a VR lab at the University of Connecticut. Unlike other attempts at VR with HMDs at the time, Kruger, artificial reality, used video cameras, projectors, and specialized hardware use in a room so it was kind of almost like a um early vibe yeah like a full room full body tracking mm -hmm. or htc mm -hmm. so i i don't know this is just this kind of stuff's just fascinating to me just because it's like you know how do you even come up with this concept well years of wanting and wishing I mean, you can see like going back to the age like and even before then, if you really want to dive it down and get into a argument over philosophy or semantics or however you want to look at it, like we've been immersing ourselves in alternative and virtual worlds forever. Mm -hmm. You know, um, all our lives. All well, all of our lives. Well, just like the just the, you know, as soon as humans realize that they can put ideas to paper or stone or whatever in and once you started like the idea of fiction writing came about we had a want and a need to um immerse ourselves and disappear and and escape to another world and this is just the a branch of the continuation of it right um and just with the development of technology allows us to experience it in different ways to do it you know we uh like we're kind of getting up into the 80s now in the history of and this is where it like really hits starting to hit its stride of how we know vr now vr gets a name actually called virtual reality um the introduction Which of personal awesome yeah the 80s we saw the introduction of personal computers you're starting to see um 
computers in homes now, Apple IIe's and things like that. I think Apple IIe was the first one I actually remember using. Not in my home. We had them in the classroom, a little Oregon Trail action. Yep, yep, yep. But you... Dying in dysentery took on a whole new meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you what else we got in the 80s, that which I consider almost like a VR or a wish for VR. Tron? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ha! I knew it. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Wouldn't you think it? it's a early wish for VR? I think it's a, well, early wished or just a, early, you know, definitely influenced by the right. development of it. And that goes back to kind of like what we were talking about earlier, the, um, uh, the not the link trainer, but the stereoscopic viewers and the murals and stuff like there was. And then I knew the, you'd get that. The pulp. Oh, thank you. I know a little bit of things. I knew you'd get that. But the, like, the, in the 30s, that's where I was looking for the, uh, the pulp sci-fi magazines and stuff that, you know, quote-unquote predicting the future and the VR is going to be there. Tron is just a more modern version of that. The first Tron, not the second Tron. Right. Of, like, envisioning what it could be and 100% having an influence on how we see VR today. Yep. And also some uh, really cool books like Ready Player One. Ready Player One is awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna when we get a little further on here, I want to there this there's two uh, media properties that I think would be fun for us to discuss, and that will be Ready Player One and Sword Art Online. Yep, yep, yep. For this, but you know, just put a little pin in that for later because we'll like you know, I'll, I'll, you go on, I'll add it to the notes so we don't forget. <laughs> yeah, we kind of went over a couple things. Um. um well, here's another one. Okay, you put that data glove on here. <gasps> yes. Would we think that the Nintendo Power Glove would be kind of uh, foray, a step into mm. VR? Hmm. This is my thinking bare face. Hold on. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. 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 I would think so. I would think um, so, yes. Maybe not in the traditional sense of actually escaping into the reality, but as an input device that some as of an those IO ideas, device, yeah. yeah, that were um, adapted later on, then yeah. Or the oh, what was the movie um, that it was in the eighties or early nineties? Okay, uh, the, what's it about? The, the kid was playing uh, wizard. Did he bust that out at the end? Yep, he busted the power glove. Ah, man, my and then arms don't where, move. That's where they introduced Super Mario Brothers three before it came out. Apparently, California. I'm trying to like really be like motion, like move around and stuff for this because I'm like some of this is excited and I talk with my hands anyways. But apparently. Zoom is not Second Amendment friendly because we don't have the rights to bear arms. <laughs> <It's so stupid. laughs> just bare heads. We're just yeah. bare heads. We only bear heads. Mm -hmm. Whoop. <laughs> oh, we're not on Twitch. We're okay. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Womp, womp, That's awesome. Um, I lost my place now. Bear with me. Ha! 
Uh, oh god! If you guys aren't watching the video, you need to be. You're missing so many of the jokes. Okay, here's a good one because I remember like just how sh- it was awesome at the time, but now just how poorly it's um it's aged is the Lawnmower Man. You know, I kind of vaguely remember watching that a little bit because uh, it was uh, when did it come out? Late? Oh, ninety two is when it was that the book date or the movie release date? Uh, that would have been the movie date because loosely based on a Stephen King short story and generally regarded as an average sci-fi movie. Okay. Cues from his Lanier's experiences with developing what would become VR using VPL equipment as props. VR would show up in music videos and other movies, would use it as plot points, such as 1995's Johnny Mnemonic. I remember that, but I don't think I ever watched it. Hollywood's love of VR would peak in 1999's The Matrix, which introduced the concept of simulated reality or SR. You know, and then I guess you could say too, if you're all are watching this, my background is the Dire Straits video, Money for Nothing. Watch your check for free. Um, and if you remember, he got pulled into that. Mm-hmm. So that would, I well, guess, kind of be VR. Well, back then, that's the way they do it. What? With money for nothing? And your checks probably. <laughs> okay, that begs would, even though it wasn't, it was a drawn world, would the take on me video be VR? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they went into that flip page world? No. It's a, that might be like augmented reality. I guess maybe, yeah, okay, maybe more augmented reality, like how we're used to seeing that now with... Yeah. That's something we didn't even put, I didn't even put on here, I didn't even think about augmented reality and AR games and Pokemon Go and things like that, I think, Mm -hmm. fall into this general realm of that. Let me me put some notes down here. I'll go over it real quick, because right now this is more of a general. Yeah. Because we could literally talk another, full another episode on on AVR stuff. Because it, it's its own beast now. Mm-hmm. So we, we talked about the Matrix and stuff. And I think the Matrix has a huge influence on people around our age for the one oh, yeah. of VR. Oh, or yeah. the fear of it. Ooh. Yeah. Between the Matrix and Skynet, we should be afraid. Be very we're afraid. Em- we're embracing the technology. Um, this was something I didn't realize. That Sega beat Nintendo to VR. In 93, Sega VR came out. It announced its uh, VR entry into the home console market with Sega VR. Proposed price tag, $200. Um, did it ever actually get released? Sega. Uh, they had four. Okay, so, okay, it didn't actually release. They didn't. Okay, Nintendo won out. They got out first. Sega was trying to. Um, had four titles in the pipeline for the device. Sega VR disappeared from the company's release schedule by 94. Reports stated that users experienced motion sickness and headaches from use of the device. Hmm. Hmm. Does that sound hmm. familiar? Judgmental bare face. Hmm. But in with that, Nintendo beat them with Nintendo Virtual Boy. Yep. One of the first, if not the first, consumer VR devices released. The Nintendo Virtual Boy also had the dubious distinction of being one of the few Nintendo products to flop. Viewers panned it as 
monochromatic displays, lack of head tracking, and the headaches and motion sickness it seemed to cause. Pulled from the shelves a year later. If you can find one of those, those are worth gold right now. I remember when it came out and remembering hearing horror stories about it and like, you know, cause we were young. Like, I don't think I was even a teenager yet when they came out. So young impressionable youth, they're like, Oh, it's going to make your eyes bleed and people are going blind from it. And there's lasers that will burn your retinas and things like that. Right. Like, you know, all the uncontrolled playground rumors that you would hear about it. I was scared of the thing. I never even wanted to look in it. Holy shit. So I'm looking it up real quick on Amazon. Mm -hmm. A used good condition, $799.99. Used light new, $849.99. Brand new, $4,100 to $5,000. With $4 in shipping. It's a good deal on shipping. It is a great deal on shipping. I can't, they're not going to include shipping. Somebody's going to charge you $4,000 freaking dollars. I know. Something like, you know what? You also have to pay for shipping, $4.99. Include it in the price. Take it and like it. Tight ass. Oh, that ass is so tight. Ha! So, yeah, so Virtual Boy lasted like a year. But I, re I really remember that. Like, oh, that's going to be cool. And then I, I distinctly remember hearing all the, the bad rumors and things about it. And then uh, like, no, I like my eyeballs. I'm not even <laughs> going to try it. Not worth it. And I don't think I knew anybody that had one come to think of it i think I there was a, a single person i i'm wanting to say there was a movie because we had like local mom and pop uh movie rental places mm -hmm. and i'm thinking there was one nearby where i lived that stopped in once and they had because uh listen for, to the story youngins back in our day you could rent a whole system and a vcr at the mm -hmm. rental place like if you didn't have a vcr if you didn't have a nintendo you didn't have a Sega, you could like rent the whole ass system and I think one of them had a virtual boy for rent. And one of our little podunk mom and pop movie rental places. In like one game. But you could rent it. Yeah. It might have been like Showtime Video or something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't know anyone who had one. I can't think of anybody that did. Um... Then around this time period now, between 95 and 99 was what we're getting into, because next one's 99, Linden Lab, Philip Rosdale founds Linden Lab, developer of VR hardware. Rosdale focuses on developing the rig, a VR device used to wear on their shoulders. However, development provides impossible, and Rosdale and Linden Lab's moved to developing virtual worlds, including Second Life. I forgot around, all about Second Life until I, I did read too. that, doing this, and I remember that being a uh, a thing a huge thing a hearing, huge debate too well yeah i remember hearing and reading about second life and that made me really really want to get internet at home because it sounded so cool and that's it did that's the escape into the escapism side of it again you know it's not a head mounted virtual device but it's still an alternate reality right. um, a, a different reality that you could experience um, even without the headset and that was super intriguing to me at the time second life was supposed to be the thing um, um, kind of, okay. Like a, a predecessor to, was it out before even like your MySpaces and Facebook? I think that, yeah, I think it, no, yeah. MySpace, I think it would have been around the same okay. period. So that's when we're starting to see social networks and things develop and the world wasn't ready for it, I don't think. 
Um, so I would say that we're around the same, same time period here, but in the arcade, this came around 1993, was Virtua Fighter. Yep. Sega had Virtua Fighter. And then if you remember Virtua, Virtua On, which was one of my favorites. What was that one? That was the one where you had the two sit-down devices, like, and it immersed you. You were in the giant robots. Um, oh, you and, and your mechs. Like, yeah, I love my mechs. Like, and that was 95? Yeah. Um, but you could be in the giant mechs and control them, but you were in a virtual world, basically. Yeah. Oh, I think I kind of remember that. Yeah, and like the two the two giant things you had to sit in, and it had yeah. the double controls. Yeah, you had the twin joysticks. Yep, yep. And so, like, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And then, you know, as you get later into current stuff too, then you have like the Google VR or whatever that is, the cardboard, which I don't consider VR personally. Oh, the things that uh, you popped your phone behind and. And it's a cardboard box. Yeah, they don't really work well. I played around with some um, some phone based headsets where you just like drop your phone in and you make the adjustments, and they just they just don't work well. I, I never, and, you know, your mileage may vary, listeners. You may have had one that like, hey, it worked out really well. Yep. Because um, it's really it's just there's. I mean, the your phone is a when you think about it, it's like a great device to be able to do it because it has motion sensors it has gyrometers and, yeah. and you know high displays and very powerful processors and ram and um you know onboard graphics things now that work really well with it like they should but they don't in my opinion no um now we're up to recent is what we're going to talk about now okay like, because you have, like, the HTC Vibe, which is what we referenced before, um, which was, you know, always, that was one of the early ones, and it was one of the most expensive Yeah, when it first came out. One they, you need lots of space for it. Lots of space. Um, we have the Oculus. There's the early Oculus, Oculus 1, then there's the Oculus Go, and now we're in the Oculus 2, which is the affordable one, which Kyle and I have. You can sit down. You can create your own spaces for it. Like, it's it's gold. You can be in a party. You can watch movies together. You can watch a movie in it. Um, if you're into the whole thing like this, like, I watched Jackass Forever on it. And there's Pontius's wiener, gigantic, right in front of my face, which was not really my thing, but it was hilarious. Giant 3D wiener. Yeah. Um, you've got stuff with full motion tracking. You've got treadmills. If you remember... The, and then you've got, like, the ones that also have the big spaces where which connect to, like, your feet. They're almost like an um, elliptical machine. Yeah. And give you, like, the 360 range. Like, yep. so you can be running it. Um, you think it was just in the movie, but, like, on Ready Player One, they had those. Those actually exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're ungodly expensive and they're gigantic. So you have to have like warehouse space for it or, you know, make more than Kyle and I do, which is not hard to do. Combined. Combined. Um, There's also, have you seen the, they're almost like slippers. 
you put on your feet. So for, for no. people that are like, um, I think they're more designed, like I would probably try them. Uh, right. For people that, that have limited mobility, that are using VR but are sitting down, but still experience some of the motion sickness that we'll talk about later. Right. There's there's slippery like slippers. The bottom of them are slick, um, like a glossy smooth surface. And you sit down and you kind of kick your feet and let them slide back and forth on the carpet, and that's how you move. Right. Um. So you get some leg action in there, being able to move around. Um. The body suits seem kind of cool you know you can experience you know those don't aren't just for vr right um they can be used for other things as well other games but to you know experience contact um in the virtual world itself um some of these things probably would help and you know, go ahead and help us kind of lead into this is the is battling vr sickness itself which i suffer from <laughs> badly badly you know i haven't puked yet why don't you, okay, why don't you tell people what, what that is and then what it's like? Okay, so VR sickness is basically motion sickness. Um, on a virtual level. On a virtual level. Your, your body, treat, you know, your, if you've ever got a car sick, sick on a roller coaster, anything like that, it's a similar feeling if you've, if you've never experienced it. Um, it's caused by a conflict of information based, I'm trying to, explain it the best way i understand it a uh, conflict of information that's being sent and received by your inner ear that's where you get your balance and everything from that's how you detect uh motion really that your body is moving and your brain and your eyeballs see this as you being there and your body is moving but your body does not have that sensation of moving and it causes uh kind of a woozy feeling that you have that woozy feeling is brought on by your brain basically thinking that you're poisoned okay your brain is assuming that is our ancient old caveman brains are thinking oh i ate a bad flower i'm poisoned and now i'm hallucinating because i'm moving but i'm not moving i need to get sick and puke and get all this bad stuff out of my system that's causing me to hallucinate that's what which, it is which is just nuts like mm -hmm. to think about yeah and some people have no problem with it at all um i don't and you say like you you rarely get queasy at all or you yeah. just don't well not not with vr like i have a cup i have a couple times like started to feel a little bit but nothing like too bad like so i would just quit like if i started getting and that's after yeah. like a long long session and so like i've been reading about vr sickness a lot because i want to enjoy this new thing that i have with your pants on with my pants on for the most part. And you know, a lot of things I have uh, found, and I'm just going to like impart some of these tips, I guess you can say. Some people try to power through it, right? They're like, oh, I'm getting a little queasy. I'm just going to push through it. And the more time I spend in it, even though I'm feeling kind of sick, I'll, I'll push through it and I'll get better. And like, don't do that. Do not do that. Because your brain will start relating with uh, that activity with getting sick. So you'll start getting, like, if you play through and keep getting sicker and sicker, you're just going to get worse every time. You, it's, a, it's baby steps. You know, I start feeling a little mm -hmm. queasy. If it's after an hour, if it's after five minutes, just stop. Stop, wait a day, do it again. Don't even, because even if you get, if you get sick and you're thinking, okay, well, I'll try something that's less demanding on uh, the motion and things. Like, you're still going to be sick and your body's going to start relating anything that you're doing with this to the sickness. 
Uh, I was talking with Kinetics last night, and he said he got it took him a couple of months to actually get his people call them your VR legs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being able to do your things virtual legs, your virtual legs, being able to think, do things in VR without getting sick, kind of like your sea legs. You know, sea sickness is a similar mm-hmm. thing. And um, one's on the sea, and one's on the virtual sea. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking with I was talking with Kinetics last night, and he said it took him a couple months or a little while to to get over it and he said after he got over it like he said it felt like there was a hump to get over there's like a, a thing to push through once he got past that he was able to play pretty much anything he would only get sick after super long sessions but then he took some time off like two months and then popped it back on started playing again got sick after about an hour and he said he was like down for three days like it put him down down and so it's it's just like anything that we talk about that that we tend to enjoy that pulls us out of the real world moderation mm-hmm. is key still oh yeah I, I will still vouch for that it's we're going you it's okay to have binge sessions it's okay to you know what i got a day to kill there's a new game out that i really want to try i'm going to drop a day into it but not doing it all the time no it's just you not just healthy can't. you can't yeah. you don't want to live for this as well you don't want to live there Mm-mm. No. Do you want to be a bear for the rest of your life? No. No. Well, making this face is going to get stuck that way. I kind of do. I'm adorable. You look like the saddest panda ever. Aww. Well, it's better than being sexual harassment panda. That's true. That's um, true. You know what else I was thinking about, too? That was in the mid-90s that kind of felt, uh, dealt with VR. Do you remember the Saban, um, the guys who did Power Rangers? They had one called VR Troopers. I don't remember that. I thought you were going to go with like Reboot for a minute. No, well, that's not really. Well, yeah, I guess Reboot would be considered VR, even though. So, like, I I do want to talk about Reboot and the effect that it had and um, Beast Wars on the industry, like for for computer graphics, computer generated stuff. Um, Look up VR Troopers real quick. Um, yeah. That's actually my frame background, like the video game version of it right now. Yeah, you talk um, about it. I'm going to look it up. So, yeah, VR Troopers was about, like, it, you know, it was the very Power Rangers formula, except they would get the video games, this the virtual stuff in the real world. So it would be like a virtual. Um, it It was just a really cool series. It was around that same time. And then there was another one that I guess would be considered like VR. And I'm trying to remember who it had. It it was Matthew Lawrence in it. Matthew Lawrence. VR show. I'm reading about I'm looking at the VR troopers now. Apparently uh, the suits were made from modified red, red, black, and pink uh, Power Ranger helmets. Modified and repainted. I can see that. I can see that. Well, they 100% work. If you look at them really close, that's yeah. the same helmet. That's the same suit. They just like, yeah, we're going to paint it a little different. Nobody will notice. No one Dumb will notice. Americans. Stupid Americans. I bet we could sell them bottled water. Okay, um, so. <laughs> bottled water. But yeah, no, it's... Oh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad was the one I'm thinking of, too, for him. How do you even remember that? Okay, go on. Um, I, I watched them. Um. And then I remember that one, but that one was like a cross between Ultraman and VR Troopers, mm-hmm. and they'd go inside the virtual worlds, the ver- the computers. Um, 
to do it to fight virus monsters. Even though it wasn't VR, um, like Tim Curry was in that one too, by the way. I love that old trope of the computer hackers and the guys that are fighting against viruses, putting on a headset and going into the computer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to like, this is the only way to stop the virus or to stop the nukes from being launched, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You think about it is almost as believable as two people typing on the same keyboard to, you know, speed up a hack. Yeah. It's it's faster if we both type. It's faster if we do it together. Yeah. But yeah, like, so those kind of, you know, I would consider those early adopters into the virtual world. Yeah. I would consider that. I would definitely consider that early adopters into the virtual world. Oh, yeah, and it, it all translates, and all these things came are influences and came together to see what we're experiencing now. And what we're going to see in 10 years from now will be totally different from what we're seeing now as an ever-evolving thing. Right. Uh, mostly for the better. Um, you know, and we're, we talk about, like, some modern uses. We've talked about gaming. Really not as much as I thought we would, really. Um. I mean, there's some great titles out now that really make use of the VR inputs mm-hmm. and the visuals, and, and you know they're made for VR. They're made for for what you're seeing. Um, but there's, uh, yeah, you know, like you know, we played a lot of Phasmophobia. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, that was made to be a VR game. One hundred percent. You can see a lot of games that um, looked like they were made to be. VR titles, like they would translate really well to virtual reality, mm-hmm. uh, or some that were made straight for it. That were made straight up for VR, and then backtracked into being uh, PC and console compatible, so everybody could play because like, they were good titles. Like Surgeon Simulator. Yeah, I don't think it, is it available on VR. I was looking for that the other day, and I yeah. don't. No, you can play. It's it's on um, Steam. Oh. Um. Well, and it was on. Uh. Yeah. No Steam for a while. But then, like, Job Simulator. Yeah. My kid loves to play Job Simulator. Isn't the premise of that, like, computers have totally automated the world yep. so much to a point to where actually pretending to have a job is yep. a form of entertainment, and that is the form of entertainment is playing out the form of entertainment? Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would go with that. Okay. That's how I understood it. Um, but yeah, it's it, and my kid loves to play it because I think it's hilarious. Because, like, when you're doing the in the garage fixing the car, yeah, you, you can grab the can of oil and have your guy drink it, and then he throws up. Lessons learned, and you have to learn them virtually that way. You don't have to go into your own real garage and really drink oil, and then you can go to the hospital and learn that way. Like, exactly. Oh, the game taught me that drinking motor oil is bad. Well, and then there's like another one, Hello Puppets VR. I've got this one on my list because it's creepy as hell, but it's made for VR. Like it, the game is amazing. You know, You're looking that one up now, aren't you? No, I'm sitting here thinking like that just clicked in my brain. I've thought about it before, and this is something we could probably do a whole thing on is these child, like it, it's, it's always kind of been a thing, but it seems like it's more prevalent now with uh, horror games and stuff. The, the things that seem like they would be um, 
geared towards like they have a child playtime theme to it, right? Right. Like kind of cuddly friendly, you know, I think like poppy playtime stuff. Yeah. And then it's just this it's the uh it's the child's play theme to it. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. this cool kids thing. Oh god, it's terrifying. Like there's a lot of that lately. That uh I don't know if that's just like our generation. I think know, it is. Dark twisted whatever i love them i, do I absolutely too. love them because that's some of the creepiest stuff ever the stuff that's supposed to be innocent and fun and then it turns out like oh it wants to chew your face off yeah i love those oh shit kyle there's one called drunken bar fight for vr yes i, I have that on the list of things that we need to try there's drunken bar fight i think that'd be hilarious there's a game called west westard w-e-s-t-a-r-d yep yep uh, there's that one is there, is that the one where the guys were like shooting each other and stuff yeah yeah and then yep, they're trying yep. to blow up the uh the they're trying to break into the bank vault yep and they're like he's like pull harder use me for leverage and yeah there's a lot of i think it's a hummies vr comedy uh that you know we're no way affiliated with those guys are awesome right um but Horror a lot bar of vr a lot of their the things that they played uh really makes me like that's how we would do it you know They're, they don't take hardly any of the games seriously they're really fun it's just three old dudes getting together playing around in vr and cracking up that's what i want to do i'm yeah i'm like, down there's there's a lot of cool stuff out there but there's also more than gaming you know um and i think this is this goes along the lines of we're talking about making things more accessible for people right. um the the whole virtual sightseeing thing you know being able to the national uh, geographic stuff yeah like being able to immerse yourself in you know a tour of the pyramids or the amazon or all these great things that are just cost prohibitive for most people to go see more than one if any in their lifetime um you can go and feel like you're there as best you can and see things like up close and personal and um there's a there's a big segment of modern vr that's like dedicated to that and people that that's their main use case for it is uh, you know it's another form of escapism you're escaping your the, the real world to a virtual version of the real world to see things in the real world that you can't see in your current situation of the real world Yes. That hurt my brain. That hurt my brain trying to process all that, but yes. Yeah. I haven't done much of that yet. I want to because I like learning and, and you know, slight minor history buff. Like, I don't know a lot, but, uh, you know, history stuff's interesting. And, like, actually seeing things, like, I want to check out the pyramids. I want. I think there's some, um, uh, like, deep dive like underwater stuff too that right. I know there's a uh, international space station uh, simulation. That's actual like footage from the ISS or very believable virtual footage from where you can like float around and look at things. Yeah. Like, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. So when I'm ready to actually puke, I'm going to pop that on. <laughs> Cause I can like, I'm, I'm feeling queasy just thinking about it. So I'm sure like, I just have to get the bucket ready. Blah! Pukey bear. I can't wait to get that text from you. Well, I threw up all over the dog. Blech. And the children. 
Yeah, it only happened once. Then they'll learn to stay out of the area of effect. <laughs> Your AOE. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, Dad's AOE puke attack. <laughs> well, and then, oh, oh, let this leads us into another great one. So, yeah, we've got it in education, too. Like, we're looking into, I know our district's looking into, like, VR headsets for virtual learning. Yeah. Just because you got to look for different ways to get the kids involved. And mm -hmm. it's it's becoming affordable, like we said now, where you can actually get that. And yeah, I just think it's a really cool opportunity. I know that our football team is using some sort of VR thing, and um, so is our athletic trainer and his interns. They have, like, this virtual stuff that they use for, um, like, virtual clinics, basically, to practice. Yeah. Like really cool, I can see. So it's it's becoming really big in the education environment. Like I can see that from the it's like starting to get traction. The athletic side too, because I mean, there's 360 video, there's full range video that allows you to like move through environments and things. I can see that on the athletic side from like play analysis, right? And you know, instead of watching just you know you and forty other sweaty dudes sitting in a locker room watching game film you can pop on a headset and actually put yourself down on the field and uh, i'm thinking of like football here and like move around and like see what's happening in the play from so many different angles right and make you know that i you know the nfl is not experimenting that. with that already i'm sure they will um now here's another really big one we, this hits more closer to home because we just talked to eric lee about yep. this he if you remember he designed a lot of his stuff in vr mm -hmm. he did vr sculpting so that's another one um you can design stuff in vr and then make it reality um uh, early adopters of this uh you know like eric lee uh tony stark yep um yep, the great tony stark the great tony stark because uh, i think yeah, may he rest in peace because we all watched him remember he put on his little glasses and started designing um it, it just so you could create a 3d building like because i know we have a game called 3d sculptor and you use like virtual clay yeah and you can create can create all sorts of stuff i mean granted i you know create a giant dong of course um i expect nonetheless but you have to it's your it's your duty as a man to do mm -hmm. that at least once yeah um but it's just kind of cool the stuff you can do with it and like there's a virtual painting one so you could like put a picture in there and see what it would look like. So I could see it like an architecture, like, okay, so what would happen if, you know, instead of actually putting paint on this wall, let's digitize it, put oh, it like in interior VR. design stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like see how this would look. I think that would look, you know, I think that's an untapped market. Yeah. Something um, that, and like you were kind of talking about this before too, with like the, the distance learning stuff mm -hmm. that, I think this is 50-50 if it'll go this way, if we'll start seeing this as a as the go-to thing, as the virtual meetings and the virtual meeting rooms uh, yep. where you're it's you and a bunch of avatars sitting around in like a virtual boardroom having a meeting or, you know, a more casual sitting, talking, collaborating and stuff. Um, you know, that gets touted a lot. You watch, you know, any um, – VR productivity videos or, you know, read anything like there's a lot about that. Um, I mean, I guess it's better than having a Zoom meeting because you're right. sitting there and you can look around or whatever. 
Um, I don't know if that may catch on. That's one of those things like to me is iffy if it will catch on as, as the, the go-to thing. Um, I think it's just a matter of time at this point. I can see it more like you're talking about for the distance learning because that's going to, you know, make yeah. the kids more interested, involved. Well, um, think about it if, if they made it to more realistic avatars, which is coming instead of like the cute panda or cute grizzly bear. Yeah. Um, if more like um, the realistic, like in Ready Player One, yeah. I could totally see that being a meeting thing like, okay, we're meeting across with our counterparts in Japan right now. In New Zealand, you know what I mean? Just plop on the headset. You can't see my hands. Plop on the headset, and boom, there you guys are. Yeah, you can see that. I mean, we're That'd like halfway awesome. there with Zoom meetings and stuff. And the these meeting programs that you can use. I mean, you have uh, virtual, almost said projectors. Shit, I'm old. Virtual screens <laughs> that you can share your desktop and things with. You can scan your keyboard and you can see it there. And you, There's virtual keyboards now. Yeah, that you actually type with, you know, with hand tracking, uh, which That's is awesome. which is awesome. Hand tracking's coming a long ways now where you you don't need controllers for certain things. That's You can see the development happening with that one. That, I think that's maybe the one of the next big things is when hand tracking becomes really good. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot, you know, and natural. It doesn't, it doesn't, it can't just be, good you have to be able to have natural gestures and things it has to come second nature for it to be heavily adopted i think right where anybody that puts one on it makes sense to do certain things with your hands to make certain things happen yep um so we were talking now we're on we kind of bled over into the social aspect i think too a little bit so you got like vr chat which what kyle and i were talking about which similar like one of the goals is we want to try and record an episode in VR chat. Yeah. Because we think it would be hilarious. Um, we got to figure out the logistics of that. But uh, if you, anybody knows any way to do that easily and well, let us know. Um, I've, I've got a way I think I know how to do it, but okay. it's going to take some setup. But yeah, if you, if you guys have better ideas, we're open. Yep. Um. Here's one I actually re- I added on, but it's a big thing because I mentioned it to Kyle months ago, and he had mentioned that, yeah, they were like some of the earliest adopters of VR porn mm-hmm. in VR. Not that we're advocating watching porn in VR. Not that we're ad- advocating watching porn. We're, um, this which, is honestly which, from the, tech, the techie side of it. Yeah, which um, uh, in Oklahoma, you might not be able to watch porn coming up anyway. But there's... Um, you know, I read an article a while back, you know, and and I came across this article not looking for information about porn online. I was looking at the uh-huh. um, the development of That's my purse. I don't know you. That that was the wrong button, wasn't it? No, that was the right button. Oh, okay. Because uh, someone comes at you. I was oh, yeah. gonna kick him in the ding ding. Right in the ding ding. And be like, whether you believe me or not, I honestly came across this not looking for information about porn online. I was looking at Take, keyword uh, searches not looking for porn online. not looking for porn online <laughs> was the the development and the innovation of technology and like the porn industry is actually early adopters for a lot of things um which is nuts with, you wouldn't think about that wait like the no, high, maybe i should like, say this is nuts 
that's nuts. Those are nuts. nuts. Those are nuts. But um, like high definition displays and recording things in super high definition stuff like that, they're always on the forefront of things like that. Like, cause it's, it's typically a lot of nerds, you know. It's like, it's like the, before the Simpsons did it, it's porn did it. Like the, yeah. you remember how recently Netflix has the choose your own adventure ones like yeah. Bear Gorillas and stuff? Porn's had that for years. They have? On the VR sets. Huh. Choose your own adventures. So, yeah. So, there's, you know, there, there's some you innovation there. Lies. Does this face look like it would lie? Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> um, and we hit on this a little bit earlier, too, like big screen watching movie content. That's one of the first things I did when I got the headset. <laughs> now, tell this story. Oh, the full story? Okay. Yep. Please tell the story. Well, okay. It started <laughs> off innocently enough. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> and so I was using an app called Big Screen. Big Screen is really cool. It's a good meld of like social and media sharing. Um, you know, you, you hear the concept of rooms a lot in VR. You know, this is my house, which we can consider a room or social spaces. There we go. Social spaces. Um, yep. Social spaces. And so Big Screen is really... It's big thing is sharing video content with your friends or whoever. Um, a lot of their social spaces are movie theaters, drive-in theaters. There's some open social spaces that don't really involve the screens as much, but most of it is focused on watching movies, TV shows, and stuff. You can watch full episodes of um, shows in there that they have licenses to. You can rent movies there to watch with your friends. Which Colin um, will and I will be doing. You can, if you own the content, you know, you can, I guess uh, there's probably some gray area in there. I won't go into a whole lot of it. Um, but like I was playing we around with it. don't advocate going around stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was like looking at all the, the public social rooms. One of them was showing the Batman. I popped into this virtual movie theater and there's like me and like 10 other, you know, little avatar things floating around sitting in movie theater chairs, wherever you, you know, you pick the best seat in the house that you want if somebody hasn't already got it and just like kick back and you know watching the movie you can mute everybody else if they're talking you don't want to hear them you just want to sit there and watch the movie you can so i bounced around a few of those rooms checking some things out and then i popped back out into the what they just call the lobby uh, which i think they just have one like one general lobby um and and we can use this as like a learning and an etiquette thing too mm -hmm. um let's go out to the lobby it looks like a movie theater lobby and and floating around, there's all these different places you can stand. There's like one or two tables. One of the tables, there's some people sitting around, like three of them around this table. And there was like a woman from Louisiana, is what she, I heard her say. And then this guy from, I'm going to say he was from England, and they were discussing uh, the differences in land ownership in the States versus England and how that process works. And it was kind of an interesting conversation. So I'm sitting there listening. Um, there's like two three people staying around the table while they're having the conversation talking about it and we're listening and you look over and there's these two people that had just popped into the room and they're little floaty avatars and like i look down the way those avatars in that program it's like an oval body a head and two floating hands that's all you see and very cartoony looking and i look down and there's this little floating hand just like pumping up a bicycle <laughs> and in front of my avatar just going at it and so i just ignore them because you know i've been doing online stuff long enough i know if you just ignore them they usually go they're they're not getting the attention that they're seeking and they get bored and they go do something else but 
um, I guess there may have been a moderator or something in the room or for the program. They're like, you're going to get banned not only from this program, from this app, like you can get banned from Oculus as a whole. You can get like your whole ass account banned. Yep. For acting like that. Like there's like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. It's funny. I'm giving this guy a whack, a whack, a whack, a whack. But it's, it's stupid. Like, and one of the guys in the, in the lobby who like confronted him, um, put it a really good way. I, I like how he said that. He's like, that's not okay in real life. That's not okay here either. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants you to act like that. Quit being stupid. You know, and I was like, ooh. Piece know, of candy. Piece of candy. Like, that's something that, you know, think about it. You know, this is like a cool, fun toy thing in some people's minds. You get to play around with and do whatever. But, like, just because you're in an alternate reality, a virtual reality. Doesn't mean the doesn't rules mean that, don't apply anymore. That's not acceptable. That's not the type of room for that. I'm sure there's a room somewhere for that. That's what you wanted to do. I'm like pretty like just it's the internet. There's going to be a room somewhere for that. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. This isn't the place for it. Read the room, quit being a dick, and uh, don't risk getting your shit banned. Yep. You know, it's real world rules apply and don't apply. You know what I mean? Like right. you're, you, there's a you're lot right. of freedom. There's a lot of uh, ways for people to express themselves. And, you know, you don't typically even see humanoid avatars in any of these chat things it's usually something uh, be it's like a good digital citizen be a good digital citizen don't do stuff that you wouldn't do in the real life if they're not consenting for it you know don't just don't be but, that guy but it was hilarious that it happened to you yeah yeah it happened like it took it a lot longer to, like i was expecting something like that to happen like somebody's gonna come over and do something stupid it's gonna happen um it took about an hour and a half I was think, thinking like maybe the first 15 minutes. So I, I kind of avoided VR chat for a while uh, just to like delay it because I, I had a feeling like it may happen there. Right. Um, but yeah, like it's going to brace yourself, folks. Your first foray into it. The internet's a weird place. <laughs> and when people get full control of their hands, buckle up. Buckle up, Buttercup. I think that leads really good into the future of VR and what we would like to see. <laughs> Well, apparently virtual jack-off rooms. Uh, uh, they're there. I guarantee you they're there. Oh, you're the virtual biscuit. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that will really help um, the continuation. So we, we said hand tracking is a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, being able to see that. And something else that I feel personally would help is going to help the development and help push things forward and be more immersive. Mm -hmm. um, and there, there's already things being done for this is like haptic feedback, like being able to yeah. feel resistance from touching something or, or, you know, simulated weight and picking something up or just a feedback of like, if you're grabbing a cup that your hand only goes so far, there's gloves and things for that that have like wires and those kind of scare me a little bit because they're very prototype looking. There's like these cables that you know you got these gloves and then there's these cables and little motors and and servos and things that like control the resistance of your hands right. and like i'm terrified the thing would freak out and retract all the way and then you got like reverse broken hands 
but I think haptic feedback, and that, that goes a long way with help battling VR sickness as well, is you have something, you have some type of feedback that you're actually doing something uh, to put your, really put your brain at ease. I almost said mine, but it's really putting your brain at ease. Yeah, I can but, see that. Uh, haptic feedback would be a big thing. Come on, porn industry, get on it. So we can Come have on. that for. <laughs> Come on, run, Jeremy. Yeah. So, no, it's, I, I would like to see that too. Well, think, you know, they're, they're, you think they're that makes it more a, immersive. Yeah, they're already building the vests and stuff mm -hmm. that you can wear that gives you the, you know, like when there's a jolt that gives you, maybe that's it. Like if you, if you get shocked in real life, like this would be like a good training tool for like, not like a big one, just like kind of like almost like static. Ele electricians? Yeah, like electricians. Like, so instead of like going, like learning to change out the cable on a telephone pole or a you know a electric pole they're doing it virtually first and then if they fuck up it gives you a shock a little a little jolt you know it'll happen in the future there's going to be some poor soldier military guy that's going to be the first guy in his eod class his you know explosive ordnance disposal class they're like hey we got some new tech and you get to try it out private smith and he's like what is it he's like it's this vest like what's the vest for it's simulated feedback as you disarm this bomb if you mess up don't worry about it how do you somebody has to be the first guy to do that i don't i wouldn't want to be i wouldn't like, want to be that either how's it been going so far is it no no you're the first oh so i'm just hey. gonna put this vest on it's gonna simulate if i mess up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how disappointing like yeah i'm going awol right now i'm gone <laughs> I'm out. Try it on somebody else. Yeah. But, the, you know, I mean, that'll be a thing. Like, any type of feedback, physical feedback, helps. Right. Um, and I could see that also being really good for people that are immobile, um, have, you know, have mobility issues and things, being able to, you know, experience things that they may not normally be able to experience. Well, like, I saw one, there's, like, one called The Climb, where you can rock climb, virtual rock climb. Yeah, I'm opting. How out great of that. would that be? It'd be terrible. <laughs> well, I'm fuck. I'm scared to death of heights, dude. Like I know, I am. But, but I'm talking like someone who's like uh, can't has no use of their limbs below the neck, or like you know below the oh, waist. You I know what, what I mean? Saying. So like even a step further with the simulation. So that would be like some uh, like neuron controlling. Yeah. Things where you you use your mind to control the stuff, but you're in VR and you can still look and see around. And you get that feedback of, oh, I'm climbing. Right. I'm going through the wind. <sighs> Imagine if it, how dark do I want to go with this? You go as dark as you want. This is our, this what is if, our space. Like, it was like super real. Like, what if they are in that condition because they hurt themselves in a rock climbing accident and they like, they fell. I'm like, okay, well, now you can experience the, what you loved in the past before you can climb rocks again. And then they slip. Like the system crash, and then they just go through this free fall again. That would be terrible. Oh, that would be awful. That would be, you know, skydiving accident. Oh, you can skydive again. No. No, I no, don't no, want no, to. No, 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 no. I don't want to Peggy Hill it again. No. Nah. Uh -uh. So, God, I just remember that episode. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Onward is the other game I think you were mentioned, you were thinking about too. Maybe. It, it's like a military oh yes yeah onwards another one yeah um oh uh, we kind of hit on there is a like a face your fears um 
game app or whatever that uh, I can't tell how serious it is. Mm -hmm. Like if it's got actual value or if it's more fun or supposed to be fun. Like it's got all these simulated rooms where like, oh, you have a fear of dolls. Here's some dolls, clowns. Yep. Spiders. Here you go. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that it's being advertised as a way to overcome your fears in the real world. But I have my oh, doubts. Fuck that. There's there's an Exorcist one. Exorcist Le Legion VR. I'd give that a run. It looks scary as hell. So as we're going into like the things that we would like to see, I, and we, we talked about this earlier and while we made the notes, like I would say two very big recent influences, not necessarily the biggest, that's going to be everybody's opinion. Um, the more mainstream one would be Ready Player One. Yep, yep. With, uh, I'll go with that. What was it called? It wasn't the Metaverse. It was... Uh, uh, oh, what did they call it? The Oasis. <sighs> the Oasis, yeah. Um, book and movie, totally different. Uh, I highly recommend experiencing both. They're both pretty good. I uh, would recommend watching the movie first. Mm-hmm personally um just because you can the book was written a little bit longer ago so and it references mostly 80s stuff yeah well, i guess and there's a reason it. for that yeah i mean I, okay i'm gonna do the same thing i'm gonna recommend the movie first before the book probably for a different reason um the movie is good standalone in its own right the book is really good also um if you're the type of person like oh the book was better and you read the book first then you're going to be you're going to be disappointed in the movie uh, if you're not as open about it. So I would say watch the movie first because the movie movie's completely different. It just takes the concepts and the ideas and does different things with them. Same journal, same idea, but totally different settings and things. Move, if I were to watch just the movie, I'd be like, okay, that's really cool. I like that. Um, well, and it, it has more modern um, references too. Yeah. The movie does. Like the T TMNT, Sonic iron giant stuff like that yeah it's, it's more pop culture focused the, yeah, the, the book had had a very legitimate reason for all the 80s references just because of the creator and you know that's not to spoil anything i want but there's reasons why it, it was full of and it was recently written like in the last seven years um but there's know. yeah the book is actually very very recent but there's a reason for all those 80s references in there um so yeah that's you know, a recent thing that that's very metaverse -y, you know, right. the Oasis and uh, where people were like commerce was happening in this virtual world, uh, education and you kids went to school virtually through the Oasis, which was the, the big VR world that you tapped into. Um, you know, it, it was a 100% alternate virtual reality to the real world happening right. in real time. And so that's, both exciting and terrifying depending on how deep you think about it a hundred percent uh but still cool you know and, and we'll see I'm, I'm sure within the next i would say 20 years we'll see something very not as crap i don't know it's hard to tell technology advances exponentially and so fast mm -hmm. um but there there will be something to that effect there already sort of is in some instances i mean with second life was an early attempt at it there's been several attempts at it, but I think as VR gets better, then you're going to see those early, those ideas from those early attempts that weren't like VR related make their way into VR. Right. Um, I, I think an another one that anybody that's a fan of anime, 
and VR and MMOs and stuff, you've probably searched this already, it is the closest thing to Sword Art Online available for virtual reality. I know I have. Like, is there actually a Sword Art Online game? There is, but there's some. There's a few games that are touted as more like what you would expect a Sword Art Online VR mm-hmm. game to be than the actual Sword Art Online games are. Oh, gotcha. There's not. I don't think there's much actual VR content for Sword Art Online. Those of you guys that aren't familiar, you need to go watch watch the the series. They're really good. I love Sword Art Online. It's one of my favorites. The basic concept is a uh, near future, uh, super hyped up. Um, VR MMORPG, virtual reality, multi, massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Um, so you think uh, in the simplest terms, you know, uh, uh, not really a Skyrim type game. I guess it kind of would be. There's a lot of dungeon crawling and stuff, semi-medieval focused, but um, there's this just this huge buildup for this awesome full-body VR game coming out. Like you had to have a, a set, and a, were they in a capsule, I think? Anyway. They get... uh, it was like, well, like on Sword Art, yeah. it depends on what arc, <clears throat> because it was just a headset at first. It was a it neural, was. neural headset, what they got trapped in, but then later on and later later on arcs in the series is when like Kirito was in the capsule, and they put all those people in the capsule because they couldn't feed themselves. Yeah, I think Gungel had the capsule too, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, and then, and then um, Alice, Alice, Alicization was in a capsule too i still need to watch that i've watched up to gun gale i think as far as i've made it so alicization it takes us into yeah and it, it's that's for another time yeah. but it it's yeah the concept of it is like yeah. people like there's you know thousands upon thousands of people playing this game and they get trapped in the game you die in the game you die in real life and uh it's a really cool concept that i'm sure that people have thought about as nerds for as long as multi massively multiplayer online games have existed is like, not just the thought of permadeath. It's the actual thought of it's like, it's perma permadeath. Like not only your character, like you're done. Like you better be really good at the game or just, you know, sit around farming low level mobs for the rest of your life. A hundred percent. Do you really want to live? <laughs> you want to live in fear? Both. Both. Yeah. Oh, well, with that, what do you guys think? Like, is there any VR stuff that you think we should have covered? You think that you want us to cover at a later episode? What do you think? Tell us, uh, join the Discord, join the conversation, throw some ideas out there, give us some feedback. Um, I mean, like and follow and subscribe to these these episodes that help us kind of know what you guys are liking. Uh, and it, it, I mean, it's, it's so cliche and cheesy, but it helps the algorithm. It helps just get it out there. Um, we're the trying more, to increase our listener base. Yeah. I mean, we, the more people that are involved, the more ideas that we get, um, the community grows. It really, you know, we've made some really good friends, um, over this slightly over a year journey into this. Mm-hmm. And so the more you guys that, that pop in, just hop in, be cool, hang out, make friends. And uh, help us think of some things to talk about. Yeah. So with that, this has been Everyman's Guide to Nerddom. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And uh, wherever you guys are, please have a good evening, night, morning, whatever time it is, whenever you're listening to this. Chof. And Chof. 
and please be good to each other. Nerd See ya. It could get elevated. Nerd core rise up. It could get.